sisters. before you called okay i should preface this i have been playing the sims for like at least two hours a day and i get like you know really obsessed with it for a month or two and then i won't play it for like a year like Mm -hmm. when i logged in earlier this month the last time i had played was like september of last year (laughs) so it's like i get really into it and then i just like don't play it forever well right now i'm really into it and i just realized (laughs) that i can download like furniture and shit from the internet for free that like people have made so now i'm obviously gonna spend the next like two weeks building my dream home I hope, dude, did you know that there's going to be, like, a game show coming out about playing The Sims? Uh Uh-uh. I mean, just seeing, like, the crazy shit that people build online makes me feel, like, inferior. Like, my game sucks. Oh, come Um, on. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I think I'm going to try to do, like... I, I was thinking about, like, what, because my characters that I'm playing with right now are about to die. They're, like, elderly, and I've already revived them twice. And so I'm thinking about what characters I want to make, make next. And I think I'm going to make, like, some of the characters from Parks and Rec and have oh, them, cute. like, follow through with, like, life goals. Like, I'm going to try to get Leslie to work for the, like, government parks department. I'm going to try to get Chris Traeger to become a professional athlete. And <laughs> I'm going to try to make, like... Andy Dwyer, a musician. Aw, Taryn, that's so cute. I agree, but the thing is, they'd also live in the same house, so I'm obviously going to have to make them, like, a mansion. Maybe I'll make it look like a government, but, like, the park's building. Oh, that'd be cute. Right, and, but they all sleep there. Right? <laughs> <In the shower>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, but... you might as well live at work. You're there, like, 40 hours a week. I mean, that's pretty much where the entire show takes place. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was, like, deep in it when you messaged me. I was yeah, like, all right, well, now I have to switch gears to this really sad topic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yes. How have you been? Oh, I've been. How was know. your drive oh. back? Did you guys stop at the uh, Hokey Mounds? Yeah, we did. It was it was interesting. It was um, tall. Uh, <laughs> and wide? Said it was. Ari said that it's taller than the tallest pyramid in Egypt, but I don't think that's true. I don't know where he heard that. No, that's absolutely not true. No. No. <laughs> He's so sweet. It's cute, though. Um, right. So we did climb all the way to the top of the the big one, Monk's Mound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got sunburned, and I felt like I was dying. Um, and then we went oh, over... God, how long were you guys up there? Well, we weren't out there for very long, but I burned really easily. Um I don't know. It was cool. Um, we, we went to the visitor center across the street, but it was closed. It's closed Mondays and Tuesdays. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, like weird. the one day we're here. 
Um, But like, I was kind of hoping to see some like artifacts or like learn about the history. And it's like, well, here's a big hill. Right. Yeah. And that's all you get. I'm like, oh, okay. But like, (laughs) it's clearly man-made. Like, it's so strange. Um, Yeah. And like, I want to know where they got all that dirt from. Like, is there a quarry or is it just like mysteriously they managed to do? I don't know. And then like, they don't know a whole lot about why they built them except for like there was a little village on top and maybe at the very top of monk's mound there was like a temple or something but mm-hmm. um i don't know it seems it seems kind of like Mysterious. i don't know i guess the same, yeah maybe we should and do I guess, an episode about it oh maybe i get i mean maybe we could do it just about like like ancient temples in general like right. why why do they have i mean i guess the same could be said for like churches and shit but yeah, but you know, this like, seemed like why it was, like, they... a whole town that was, like, built around it. Because, like, the, in yeah. some of the mounds, they found, like, artifacts and, like, things that, like, people may have been buried with. And, like, some of them are, like, actually proven to have, like, you know, people buried under them. So they think that some of them are, like, for, you know, ceremonial purposes or whatever. Or even yes. just, like, you know, a great, like, a cemetery. But um, not all of them. They didn't find, like, bodies under all of them. So they're, like, they obviously serve, like, other purposes. Right. um so yeah oh and while we were there there were a bunch of people there who were just like going up and down the steps like running like exercising it's just like you guys are fucking nuts <sighs> first of all it's hot as hell there's no shade it's like in the middle of a plains mm-hmm. um i don't know it was <laughs> it's just like good on you dude but i cannot <laughs> i went <sighs> up once and then i came back down right and then we left <laughs> When I was at the bottom, I was like, uh, all right, let me just, like, size up all the other people around me. Like, mm-hmm. am I, like, even slightly more fit than they are? Like, if this person who's 50 years old and, like, pretty out of shape can, is going to, like, go for it, I'll suffer through. Right. Like, um, Oh, and then we went to the Pink Elephant. Oh, you did? Was, How is yeah. it? Oh, it was cool. It's a, It used to be a school. Like, it's in a gym. Really? Yeah, and they've got, like, a little restaurant with, like, candy and stuff. they got, like, a snack bar. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was cute. There's all those goofy statues outside. It was pouring when we when we got out of the car. Really? Going. Yeah, but it had stopped by the time we got out. Um, but yeah, it's huge. Um, it's in like all the antiques are in the gym, and then there's like the stage where they used to do plays, and that's got a bunch of booths on it too. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it was cool. We'll have to stop there. Yeah. Um, and some of the booths are you know better than others, and some of them are just like junk. But um, there was this one thing that I really liked. It was, like, this elephant. It was maybe, like, two feet tall. It was pretty big. It was, like, black and kind of beat up. But it had, like, a platform on its back, like, where there would be, like, a saddle for people who ride elephants. Um, And, like, I was, like, oh, I'd love to have this. I'd like to put, like, a plant on it Mm -hmm. and, like, put it outside out front or something. And so we looked at it. And, like, there's no price tag on it. I'm, like, shit, what if it's not for sale? Because the place is called the Pink Elephant. So maybe right like, they've got like random shit yeah they've got like like random pink elephant things randomly throughout the store that are like not for sale and so we wandered around um the rest of the place and Ari was like well did you see anything like you did you want anything I was like I'm really into that elephant let's talk to somebody and see if it's for sale and so the lady was like well I was told last time I asked about it that it's not for sale but let me call the owner and so then she did and um Turns out the owner had passed away and the family doesn't want to sell it. And it's like, then take it out of the fucking antique mall. What are you doing? <laughs> There's all kinds of anything behind the counter is not for sale. What? Uh-huh. So she's got like this, like all these dream catchers and like my little ponies and just like goofy like knickknacks all over in, behind the counter. 
none of it's for sale. And then also one time I was walking through there and there was like on top of one of the shelves, it was like this huge Buddha statue. And I was like, if I bought anything in the store, it would be that. That is fucking cool. But I was like looking for the price tag because I'm like, it's probably like eight or nine hundred dollars for this fucking thing. And then it just said not for sale. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Then why? Why put it in here? It's just like a place for them to display their items. Junk. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, why put it in your store? I don't know. It just irks my Right, sense. right. I know. I understand. Yeah. Oh anyway. God. Well, so yesterday I had some moles removed. Oh, yeah. How did that go? <laughs> um, I had two taken off on my thigh, and they're really sore. They feel like really bad bruises. God. Um face taken off like by was, my eye was this at like the cosmetic surgeon yeah because okay. last time i went to the dermatologist she really fucked it up and it's yeah like, they do that don't you do this like several times a day it's literally your job how can yeah. how have you it, not found a way yeah. to make this like better it looks like shit right way. anyway right. oh god so well that's good i, got I those. mean it sounds like more promising anyway i hope so um i mean i'm sure there will be scars but i'm hoping that they will look less gnarly than the one that the dermatologist gave me right especially the one on my face it didn't hurt when she did it she she numbed me up and everything so that was good right um but she didn't even like ask me if i was ready she just like went in and started chopping away and i'm like oh no couldn't you have warned me right i'm well if she would have been like are you ready to take this thing off your face i probably would have been like you know what i changed my mind (laughs) (laughs) right don't give her an opportunity to second guess Right. But decision. I had that thing. I had that forever, the one on my face. And recent, like for the longest time, it didn't really bother me. But recently, like every time I look in the mirror, all, it's all I could see was a stupid fucking mole. It's like skin colored too. So it doesn't really stand out that much unless you're like right next to me. Right. But like one time I was at the salon and there was this little boy getting his hair done in the chair next to me. And like I was waiting for my, like my hair was processing or whatever. And I like turned around and he looked at me and he said, what's on your face? And I was like, what? And he's like, by your, by your eye, it looks like a boo-boo. And I was like, no, he said, does it hurt? And he said, I said, only emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't get it. He didn't laugh, but my hairdresser did. (laughs) Oh my God. That is hilarious. What a little dickwad. I mean, I'm sure he's just like a child, but Mm -hmm. oh God. Um, children. Well, the only thing, like, that I think would bother me is, like, wearing sunglasses. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I don't know. Lucky you don't even wear glasses anymore. Right. No, it didn't really bother. It's, like, right right next to my tear duct. So, like, my, like, the piece on my glasses, like, my nose, the nose guard or whatever would, like, sit underneath it. So, it didn't really, like, bother it or anything. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I remember I had one under my armpit that I would, like, shave once a week, and it would just bleed. So, finally, I got that removed, and that was my, like, you know, three-time removal. Anyway, whatever. We don't have to Right, that was a disaster. Now you have, like, a weird-looking vagina under your armpit. Sure do. Thankfully, it's, like, discreet, but... Yeah, right. It's At least it's, like, someplace where people aren't looking. Mine's on my fucking face. Right, so it's probably, you know, better safe than sorry. (laughs) Don't go back to that term. No, go to the cosmetic surgeon for that shit. Right. Um, all and right. she said it's covered by insurance, but we'll fucking see if really? I can huh. Well, because well. the ones on my thighs, she's I think she's sending in to be biopsied because they were looking kind of funky. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. I'm just, like, awaiting a bill at this point. I'm like, I'm sure it's <laughs> not covered by insurance. She said it should be covered by insurance. I'm like, should be? I'm not doing this unless 
you're absolutely certain it's just like are you fucking right well and i mean the fact that she's sending it in to be tested it seems like a medical thing like not a cosmetic thing whatever um yeah insurance is fucking unpredictable so this is just wild speculation at this point (laughs) um so uh what did you think of our topic of human trafficking this week i guess we should introduce the welcome welcome to conspiracy sisters yeah i'm taryn oh say it again (laughs) i'm taryn i'm amanda and this week we're talking about Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, and their whole child sex trafficking nonsense. Taryn, this topic makes me very sad. It really, really does. Um, and infuriated. I am so angry that this isn't even a fucking conspiracy anymore. This shit is real and it's happening. And if you have enough money, you can get away with anything. And that pisses me the fuck off. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it is infuriating. Um but, I mean, I guess the only thing you can do is kind of, like, try to educate people and make them aware. And, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know what else we can do. Um, eat the rich. Okay. <laughs> um, um, so, when I started this podcast, it asked me, like, what genre to put it under. And I was like, I don't fucking know. So, I just put it under, like, comedy. Because we're <laughs> funny. You and I, we're pretty funny. I think, I think so. But uh, This is not a serious podcast. I mean, I'm not like an expert. Right. But this is quite a serious topic and it's, um, this is not going to be very funny. Um, Do you want to start or would you like me to, what are you starting with? So um, I did like background on different types of human trafficking, uh, not specifically sex trafficking, but then I get into it more with uh, Jeff and his life story. Okay, let me let me start because I want to first I want to start up I want to talk about the language we use or the language that we see in the media regarding topics like this, okay? Go for it. So, a lot of news coverage they have headlines with phrases like quote underage women. What is an underage woman? I think the word you're looking for is children. Um underage women is just a phrase that they use to make it seem like oh these girls were almost of legal age, but guess what? Until they turn 18, they're their children. Um, and even then, I would argue that most people between, like, the ages of 18 and 25 are still figuring their shit out. And they're not completely, like, developed emotionally or mentally. So, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's, this is hard because it's like, oh, well, I was 17 and she was 16 when we started dating, but now I'm 18 and she's 17, so that's illegal. And that's kind of like, I can kind of understand that, but when it's like a 30, 40, 50 year old person fucking around with like anybody under the age of 18, it's like, why can't you hang out with people closer to your own age? Right. Or like That's adults. weird. Right. It is. It's very weird. Um, I would even say like anybody 20, 21, that age dating somebody that young, it's a little weird unless they were like together for a very long time like they right. were both like, underage at the same time because like brian is four or five years older than me so he mm-hmm. would be but like we met when i was 24 right so it was you know like we were yeah not no, that's, as that's understandable different. right and like the older you get the age difference matters less like, totally like i'm not a super fan of our step grandfather but him and grandma were like 14 or 15 years apart yeah yeah but they met when they were adults she was already a grandma when they got married right so it's like we're both old people so whatever it doesn't matter <laughs> well um, and honestly can you really tell the difference between like a 60 year old person and like an 80 year old person i can't <laughs> i mean <laughs> when you're young no but maybe now i could um <laughs> 
Okay. Um, another phrase we see frequently is non-consensual sex, which is just a way to tiptoe around saying the word rape. I would argue that there is no such thing as non-consensual sex. There is either sex or there is rape. There is no gray area. There is no in-between. Consent is an ongoing, enthusiastic yes. <laughs> Am I wrong? Um, also, That's a good way um, to put it. Enthusiasm. If one yes. party is not enthusiastic about the situation uh-huh. they're in, move on. <laughs> yes, I would. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, if a person can't say no because they're intoxicated or unconscious or because they don't feel comfortable telling you no or for any other reason, then they also can't say yes. So that would be rape as well. Um, like I've been in plenty of situations where I didn't say no, but I didn't say yes. Like I just didn't say anything because I was scared and I didn't want to piss the guy off. And I thought it was pretty clear that I like wasn't into them, um, but they were only thinking about their dick. Um, I don't understand why this is such a hard concept for a lot of people, particularly heterosexual men, to grasp. Like, why is this so difficult? And it's because they think with their dicks. Well, and I feel like they just don't take, like, social cues very well. Like, they're not great at, like, taking rejection, and they're not great at, like, being told no. I I mean, I'm generalizing here, but, you know, like, I feel like the men in question are, you know, usually not paying attention to those types of nonverbal cues. They don't care. Right. Nope. Um, Let's see. Oh, if someone is, like, not saying yes or not kissing you back or not actively participating, you need to fucking stop. And you need to make sure that they're okay. If you're fucking somebody, you should be continually asking them things like, do you like that? Or do you want to keep going? And if they aren't giving you an enthusiastic and clear yes, then you need to fucking stop. Like, this is, I don't know. I, I mean, just the fact that, like, rape culture is so normalized, in, especially in this country um, and in a lot of countries. Um, sex ed is so lacking here. Yes. It's like, I feel like there could be a whole uh, lesson plan just about consent. Like, right. Like, don't put people, especially young girls, in these situations and you won't have a problem. Um, I also want to note that I am very pro-sex work. Um, The word, (laughs) yeah, I am. Um, The word prostitute is very negative and it's highly stigmatized. So we like to use the term full-service sex worker. Oh, I believe God. that Amanda, my whole thing is all about prostitution. That's what he was charged with. Well, Taryn, you're going to have to change your fucking verbiage then. Um, I believe that sex work, including full service sex work, should at the very least be decriminalized, if not completely legalized. If a consenting adult wants to have sex for money, they should be able to do so safely. And the only way to do that is to decriminalize it. Like these people are um, like I watched that documentary on Netflix called Filthy Rich about Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. And like they bring in these these like 14, 15 year old girls and they're like, okay, so we're just going to, like, give this old man a massage, and he's going to pay you $200. And they're like, oh, cool, that's awesome. And, like, as a young girl, like, hell yeah, $200 to give, like, a 30, 40-minute massage, that's not a big deal. But it's like, first of all, you're that, – that is – men always associate massages with sex, and I don't know why. Um, right. It doesn't matter if you're rubbing their feet or what. It's always going to lead to sex. Um That's just me being biased. Um, <laughs> but if it was an adult – I feel like, oh, well, you know, yeah, let me give you a massage. Oh, you want me to take my clothes off while I'm a consenting adult? And I would agree to do that. Oh, you want me to have sex with you for $200? Okay, sure. So this is where, you know, legal sex work comes in. It's like, yeah, it led to sex. That's okay because I'm an adult and I agreed to it. And it's like, these are children and they cannot agree to these things. This is a man with lots of money 
this is a man who is much older than them with uh he's like an authority figure like they feel scared to say no they don't know how to say no it's like well i'm already here i can't just say no and leave because i've already started it's like they don't see any other option and it's scary and sad and jeffrey epstein is the literal devil okay right. that's all i have i mean i feel like language. they try to like normalize it and mm-hmm. like intimidate them you know what i mean like so anyway um oh god let's see here so is there anything else you would like to add <laughs> no my next topic is Ghislaine. okay all right so, so let's see here here's a bit of background uh, so human trafficking, according to Wikipedia, okay, I guess I got my shit from Wikipedia and there was an article that did like a deep dive into his death um, from the New York Times. And then the um, court cases were in that Netflix documentary. Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty much where I got most of this shit. Um, human trafficking, according to Wikipedia, is the trade of humans for the purpose of forced labor, uh, sexual slavery, or commercial sexual exploitation for the trafficker or for others. It includes forced and arranged marriages, extraction of organs or tissues, mm-hmm. and uh, forced surrogacy, among other unpleasant things. Um, it is a trade in people, especially women and children, and it can be national or international. Um, there is the international organization for migrants is kind of where a lot of these statistics came from. It's an intergovernmental organization that provides services and advice concerning migration to governments and migrants. It was established in 1951 to help those displaced by world war two. Um, and their mission was to promote humane and orderly migration and international cooperation and assist refugees and displaced people by educating them on things such as migration law policy, what their rights are, the healthcare system, all that kind of stuff. So kind of like trying to make an easy transition. And within that, like, because I feel like a lot of times people who are migrants or refugees, a lot of times are just looking for work kind of immediately to get like an income. Mm -hmm. And, um, a lot of times they're taken advantage of because they're in like a shitty position. They may may not necessarily have, you know, like a working visa or something like that. It's, you know, a lot of hoops you have to jump through. So this organization was kind of developed to help people make that transition smoother and not get stuck in a shitty work situation. I don't know really if they're helping, if they didn't exist, maybe it would be worse. I'm not really sure. Um, That being said, statistics are difficult to estimate um, because most of the activity is done through like the shadow market. Most of this, these transactions like aren't, aren't like recorded and Mm -hmm. as you'll find out the fbi isn't really that interested in documenting it anyway um well so that's what this organization is supposed to be doing um since it is like intergovernmental it is kind of like a an international organization it's not just run through the united states like there Mm -hmm. are countries who are seriously looking into this kind of thing but again but not ours well it's kind of like under the radar (laughs) you know what i mean like the they have to like really dig deep there's i'm sure there's a lot of situations that they're unaware of um but with that here are some statistics as of 2017 in the united states there are an estimated 24.9 million victims of forced labor um to break that down about 16 million are in the private economy which um includes private individuals groups or companies and it excludes the sex industry um of those um, of that whole number, 4.8 million are in forced, forced sexual exploitation, a million of those being children, and 4.1 are in state-imposed forced labor, such as, like, prison camps. 
Um, women and girls make up 71% of all human trafficking. Uh, let's see. There are different... How much? Seven, 71? 71, yes. Jesus. Um, so there are different types of trafficking in forced labor, such as bonded, bonded labor or debt bondage, which is more widely used than a lot of people realize. Um, victims are forced to work to pay off debt that's typically poorly defined or not defined at all, mm-hmm. and their work is consistently undervalued so that they're perpetually in debt. Um, Jesus. Forced... It's like a, an indentured servant. Exactly, yes. Um, forced labor is when people are forced to work against their will under the threat of violence or punishment. It's basically slavery. They're, like, owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to slavery, usually it usually targets, uns- like, quote, unskilled workers. And it happens to both men and women. And it is estimated by, again, that organization, the... What's it called? International Organization for Migrants generates about $31 billion globally each year. Um, common goods include clothing, cocoa, bricks, coffee, cotton, and gold. So definitely more of like a traditional type slavery situation. Um, moving on to child trafficking, it can include mm-hmm. sexual exploitation, child porn, forced labor, uh, slavery practices, organ removal, illicit adoption, forced marriage, begging, um, and then what I thought was interesting, never really thought of, they can, like, force children to become athletes, such as jockeys, because they're supposed to be, like, shorter, smaller human right. beings, football players and fighters, um, as well as child soldier recruits. Um, oh because, God. like, children are typically easily influenced and they'll kind of just listen to whatever you say. Right. You can brainwash them easier. Right. Uh, so in prover- poverty-stricken areas, a lot of parents sell their children to traffickers in order to pay off debts, mm. or they're tricked into thinking that, like their kid can have a better life elsewhere right. um, if they're, like, adopted into a more well-off family, so um, which is not always necessarily true. Usually they are, like, you know, human traffickers. Um, right. This includes child harvesting, which is prevalent in India, Guatemala, Thailand, Greece, Egypt, but mostly in Nigeria. Nigeria has been known to operate buildings disguised as clinics, orphanages, or small factories, but they're actually facilities where pregnant girls live and deliver babies for cash to put up for adoption as a cheaper alternatives to uh, surrogacy, fertilization, or, like, dealing with social services Mm -hmm. bullshit. Um, So that was interesting and also super sad. It doesn't really have anything to do with Jeff Epstein, but he was into, like, some weird shit. I'll get into it. Um, so sex trafficking affects 4.5 million people worldwide. And when it comes to sex trafficking, 99% of them are women or girls. Um, in many countries, prostitution is considered trafficking, whether it's coerced or consensual, I guess, is that considered, is that not, I should say sex work is considered trafficking. (laughs) Well, there's sex work, which can be anything sexual. And then there's full service sex work, which is actually like having sex for money. Okay, so full sir in most countries, <laughs> you you full can just okay. sex work. It's a long it's a long phrase. So and if you have it written down as prostitution, I'll let it slide this time. <laughs> so oh, here we go. Moving on to organ trade. Oh, forced marriage is also common in many countries, often promising women women a better way of life. Um, organ trade often exploits migrants, the homeless, and illiterate persons. Some victims agree to sell their organs to pay, but are often not 
or they may have an organ removed mm-hmm. without their knowledge during like a different medical procedure. What a fucking nightmare. Oh, um, kidneys are the most awful. commonly trafficked. Many countries have long transplant wait lists. So this is a pretty lucrative business. Um, the most common causes attributing to Great. human trafficking are poverty, duh, not enough organs, long wait list is a, another big thing. Um, the internet and globalization, globalization also makes it easy and convenient to buy and sell humans and sex online. Um, I wouldn't even know where to look for something like that. Like I'm, I'm scared to look for like <laughs> pot seeds on the internet. Like I, I wouldn't even know where to start to like, I'd like to buy a human. I mean, you just have like, to download like a poor thing. Like how it's do you like... even... I mean, it, that's I like, guess. yeah, I would not, I would not trust it. Like, no, and like I would be setup. like, what if yeah. it's secretly like an FBI um, agent? So right. anyway, that's just kind of like a background on human trafficking in general. Um, this situation primarily focuses on Jeffrey Epstein and his life and how he was kind of exploiting women and children for, I guess, like connections and... I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, blackmail. So um, let's yeah. see. Jeff was born January 20th, 1953 in Brooklyn, New York to Jewish parents. He was super Jewish and that was like his thing. His mom was a teacher and his dad was a park groundskeeper. So they don't seem like they were super wealthy. Like he, I mean, he was born in Brooklyn. So I guess it probably at the time wasn't like super nice but anyway he seems to have grown up pretty average i don't know why i just always assumed he had grown up wealthy um right well because well he was like new money or like just like fake money um he attended public schools and graduated at 16 so he's while not wealthy he seemed intelligent um he attended college but dropped out before graduating in 1974 um despite not having a degree he was hired by or he was hired as a physics and math teacher at a private high school dalton high school in manhattan the same year 1974 what the fuck dude hannah can't hannah went to school for four years just now and yeah she can't even I mean, get an interview i don't know how i mean me? uh, well Right. Well, I mean, he must no. have lied. But, like, I'm surprised they didn't want I'll to see, like, how. his transcript so, or something. So, um, it is said okay. that oh, okay. Attorney, Good. At- Attorney General William Barr, uh, his dad, Donald Barr, was the headmaster of the school at the time, and he was known to make questionable huh. hiring decisions. Um, he kind of hired teachers less on their credentials and more on, like, their personality and teaching style. Um, so does, mm. I put in here, like, this is some wild speculation, just a side note. Um, does this have any connection to the fact that, uh, William Barr dropped the investigation into his death? Like, did he have any connection to him because like his dad hired him? Um, Donald Barr, Probably. his dad also wrote this weird sci-fi book that I told you about yesterday called Space Relations. Yeah. Um, it's about aliens that are bored with their overwhelming amount of power over humans. So they begin kidnapping them and turning them into sex slaves. Other notable chapters include the raping of a 15-year-old virginal redheaded female in front of a group of alien pirates, as well as an enslaved teenager who's used to, who is used to breed enslaved humans. Um, so I feel like these are all, like, weird things that Jeff Epstein was also interested in. (laughs) They had, like, that in common. Mm -hmm. Um, so while, while he was teaching there, 
he reportedly showed an inappropriate behavior to the young students. Go fucking figure. So this is just like the beginning. I mean, he's what in his early twenties, so he's already like in it. Um, One of his students father was alan greenberg who is the ceo of bear stearns which is a new york based global investment firm so jeffrey epstein did not stay there very long he was let go in 1976 but his boy alan greenberg over at bear stearns hired him as a floor trader um he quickly moved his way up to advise the bank's wealthiest clients and eventually became a limited partner of the company in 1980. He was fired the next year due to violating some code regulations. I don't really understand. He was doing some shady dealings. Go fucking figure. Um, Bear right. and <laughs> right, right. No one was uh, Bear and Stearns owned 40% of liquid funding and which is a company and Epstein was the president from 2000 to 2007. So they still like stayed in contact and like continued working together, even though he like violated this, some sort of law um so liquid funding was a type of repo market company in which the lender gives the borrower money in exchange for commercial or residential mortgages instead of stocks and bonds so essentially this gave financial agencies inaccurate gold-plated credit ratings which eventually led to the financial crisis and the great recession of 2008 so the fucking company that dipshit worked for from 2000 to 2007 right before it collapsed um was literally part of the reason because they were telling um like borrowers or they were making it look like borrowers had a higher like credit rating than they actually did um and it, it was just super fraudulent. So um, in addition to just being like a shitty person, he was also like also really convoluting like, you know, our economic situation here in our country. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great. So Thanks, he's dude. been, you know, a great addition to the American people. Um, in August 1981, he bounced right back and found his own consulting firm. <laughs> Sorry, that was like kind of an off off like not no, in chronological right we went to 2007 yes. so and now in we're August back 1981 in yeah uh, he found his own consulting firm intercontinental assets group which helped clients recover stolen money from fraudulent brokers and lawyers i mean he would know all about that um so he told his mm-hmm. friends that he worked for super super wealthy clients and uh worldwide governments to recover embezzled funds or to assist clients embezzle funds. He was on both sides. Um he was also to- he also told many that he was like in the CIA. He was an intelligence agent. He literally just made shit up. What? Um he was hired by Stephen Hoffenberry in 1970-1987 as a consultant for Towers Financial Corporation, which was a collection agency that bought debts owed to hospitals, banks, and phone companies. He was paid the equivalent of $56,000 a month today. I think it was like twenty six grand back then, but um, now it would be worth $56,000 a month. Um, and he was also given <sighs> – he was housed in this like bougie-ass house in Manhattan – um, Epstein left the company in 1989 and the company collapsed four years later when it discovered, when it was discovered that it was, the whole company was actually a huge fucking Ponzi scheme. And over the course of oh it, like once the whole thing was closed, it, investors lost $800 million in today's money. Um, yeah. So oh he my for a Ponzi scheme. he was like into the 2008 financial collapse. Like he was just a piece of shit all around, like trying to like help governments embezzle money. Right. Like, I mean, he was, I don't know, doing 
I mean, I really don't understand, like, how he made money. Like, I feel like everything he had was just, like, word of mouth and I don't know, whatever. So, in 1988, he founded J. Epstein & Co., which was a financial management firm. This is the company that he claimed he would only take clients worth over a billion dollars or some bullshit. Um, But the only known billionaire was Leslie Wexner, Les Wexner. Um, He was another old pervert, and he was the CEO of the L brands, like Victoria's Secret, The Limited, I think it's like Express, Bed Bath & Beyond. So Les Wexner was also possibly Epstein's only real client. He's the only one we can like really, we really have like any financial records for. Um, He has been called the head of the snake since he was Jeff's primary source of unlimited cash flow. Um, By 1991, Wexner had granted Epstein full power of attorney over all of his affairs. So while he was not technically employed by L Brands, he was hiring people, signing checks, borrowing money, buying property, etc., all on Les Wexner's behalf. He, of course, was also making it out like he was a fucking Victoria's Secret model scout bullshit. Yeah. Um, In 1986, he changed the name of his company to Financial Trust Company and moved it to the U.S. Virgin Islands so he could reduce his federal income taxes by 90%. Jesus. Um, So, a little bit about uh, Jeff's personal matters. Um, He dated a well-known physician and founder of the... Dubin Breast Center um, for cancer, cancer research for 11 years throughout the 80s. She was also Miss Sweden. How fucking Whoa. random is that? Yeah. Um, then in 1991, he met Ghislaine Maxwell. How do you say her name? Um, it's I've heard it said Ghislaine or Ghislaine. Ghislaine. Okay. Yeah, the S is silent regardless. Got it. All right. So she is the daughter of a disgraced media baron, Robert <laughs> Maxwell. He was a suspected spy from Czechoslovakia who became a member of parliament, and he was also known for committing massive amounts of fraud. He would be an interesting person to uh, check out. Um, I didn't really go – like, I clicked on his wiki page, but just kind of read the first paragraph. Yeah, um, I, yeah I didn't get it to him either. By 2000, she moved into a townhouse near Epstein's home in New York, which was presumably bought by Epstein's company for about $5 million. Um, Jeff is super well-connected, prominent people, including the Clintons, Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. Harvey Weinstein. Um, He's professionally worked with Michael Bloomberg, the Kennedys, Alec Baldwin, Rupert Murdoch, the Rockefellers, and the Rothschilds. He's also internationally connected with several... um, well-known politicians, um, including the British and Israeli prime ministers and the Saudi Arabian crown prince, as well as, of course, you know, you know, like the British prince or whatever the fuck. Um, He loves taking his frenzies to his private island, Little St. James, in his private Boeing 727. Uh, He was logging about 600 flying hours a year. That's insane. That's insane. Like 600? How many times to Europe is that back and forth? Takes 10 hours to get there. I mean, he's just like like flying around. Ridiculous. (laughs) He's just like up in the air. He's not going anywhere. Right. Well, that's where a lot of their orgies happened. It was on his private private jet. Um, So apparently, um, so I was like, all right, of all these people, I was like, 
he has a huge connection with the Clintons. And I feel like I'm going to kind of get into that in our next episode when we talk about the Clinton Foundation and his involvement in that. Um, But mostly I was like, okay, he has to have connections with Donald Trump, but Mm -hmm. there aren't really any pictures of them together for the last 10 years. So they actually addressed it. And it said that apparently him and Trump had a falling out in 2004. They had a bidding war over a $40 million Palm Beach mansion. And I know that's like Trump's baby fucking Palm Mm -hmm. Beach. That's where his favorite golf course is. Um, and so Trump actually bought it and sold it. Um, he like made a huge profit off of it, whatever, but apparently they have not interacted since. Cause it was like a huge ordeal, I guess. So oh, I don't know. I, don't, I know. I don't know how much I believe that, but I mean, whatever. I just, I couldn't find a lot of information about the relationship. So hopefully I can find some more shit about how, you know, once we get more into their businesses, Right. Um, in next week's episode, but let's see here. Jeff's net worth is unknown as, as is how he obtained his giant fortune. Um, most of his wealth is offshore and unaccounted for. Uh, as of 2008, he had pleaded guilty of procuring prostitution, and many of his partners cut ties with him when he went to jail for 13 months. Um, during his time in court, he claimed to be worth nine figures, but this is questionable. What is that, a billion dollars? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so his property is really the only thing that they can accurately estimate the worth of because his actual cash is all, you know, in off-sea fund or over-sea fund uh like trust funds kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So he has a home in the Upper East Side of Manhattan that's worth between 56, according to the city of New York, and 77 million, according to his lawyers. Um, So that's quite a difference. It's like a $20 million difference. Um, It's That is considered the largest home in New York City. It's 21,000 square feet. And it has a heated driveway, so they don't (sighs) have to shovel, as well as a secure bathroom with a CCTV and a phone hidden under the desk. So that seems kind of fishy. I don't know if he's necessarily recording other people. Well, that's one thing that he definitely did. But this also almost seems like a, what do they call it, like a quiet room or whatever like mm-hmm, a, a panic room yes yes um at the time of his death he was known to have a palm beach residence seven a uh, seven units of an apartment near the arc de triomphe in paris a seven thousand acre ranch in new mexico his infamous private island little saint james which obviously had mansions and guest homes Um, He also bought the neighboring island, Great St. James, and began building a compound there in 2016, but construction was shut down when he began building without permits um, Mm -hmm. by the Virgin Islands, whoever runs the Virgin Islands. Do we? (laughs) I I don't think so. Is that a U.S. territory? That's, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, That's a good question. Uh, let's see. So he also <laughs> loved to spy on his visitors. He would conceal cameras throughout his various homes so that he could record prominent people sleeping with underage girls for blackmail if he ever spoke out about his unsavory habits. Um, he donated a bunch of money to education, but it was like weird, like fringe science that he was donating to. So oh, he <laughs> donated $2 million to Harvard to fund a science research and education. Uh, also $30 million to a Harvard program for biology and evolutionary dynamics because he was really into eugenics. Of course um, he was. So he said over the course of like 10 years he was going to donate 30 million, but he only ever donated 6.5 mil. Um, a, uh, his attorney claimed he was part of the original group that 
conceived of the Clinton Global Initiative, which is the Clinton Foundation. So I didn't really look into it that much this week, but like I said, I definitely plan on looking into it because I guess there's a pretty big connection. It sounds um, like it. So Jeff is into some experimental sciences, uh, including oh, eugenics, uh, artificial intelligence, and cryonics. Apparently, What's he wanted. Cryonics? Oh, I'll get there. Apparently, oh. he wanted to quote seed the human race with his DNA Ooh. by impregnating up to twenty women at a time using his New Mexico compound as a baby ranch where women would birth his offspring. That's disgusting. Sounds sexy. Um, That's he... disgusting. <laughs> Isn't it? Um, he was an advocate of cryonics, which is like the freezing of your body or head and then to oh. one day bring it back. It's like in the Simpsons or Futurama right, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, they of said course, Walt Disney is uh, frozen somewhere. Interesting. I've heard that too. I wonder if that's true. I don't think so. Um, so, he wants to freeze not only his head, but also his dick. I'm not kidding. Like, separately? Um, why not just do the whole body? I don't know. I mean, I guess. I don't know. It's his most prized possession, his brain and his dick. They're immediately connected. So uh, he's also into transhumanism, which is a philosophy that promotes intelligence and enlightenment, not through experience and education, but through biology and breeding. Um, this obviously infuriated the scientific world as and as he was donating large sums of his, quote, fortune to useless study rather than effective research. Right. Um, so this is money that's going to Harvard that could be used for climate change or, you know, animal extinction or fucking cures for a virus that I've heard of. And, you know, <laughs> they're spending it on fucking eugenics. Um so, moving on from his private life to his first legal rodeo, in March 2005, a woman called the Palm Beach Police Department and told them that her 14-year-old stepdaughter was taken to Jeff's home by an older girl and was given $300 to give him a massage while naked. They investigated him for over a year, but the police chief said that the state prosecutor was being too lenient, so they called in the FBI. The FBI found his hidden cameras and photos of underage girls throughout his home. However, his assistant removed most of his computer drives before the search. So he was um, tipped off. Yes. And I feel like the FBI just kind of dropped everything prematurely anyway right. uh so they interviewed five victims and 17 witnesses as young as 14 years old um the fbi compiled reports for over 40 minors who all told similar stories um and it's like they're not all like from the same school they're not all talking to each other there's mm -hmm. no fucking way that all 40 of these girls got together and were like let's pin it on this guy like they all have similar stories like where's it right. coming from um let's see by nature have you ever met a 14 year old <laughs> they're right. so immature and so it's just i mean why would anyone i mean other than just like being able to like take advantage of them and control them there is absolutely no nothing desirable about right right i agree 14 oh my god they're just so immature i mean they're not there to talk amanda no that's true <laughs> Let's see. They don't have to have like a sparkling personality, just like perky tits. Yeah, um, so by May God. 2006, Palm Beach Police Department filed a probable cause affidavit charging Jeff with four counts of unlawful sex with minors. And I have in parentheses, that's all? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> right. That's all they could prove. And one count of sexual abuse. However, the state prosecutor convened a grand jury, which is usually only done in murder cases. Um, they were presented evidence for just two victims, and they were given 
a and he was given a single charge of felony solicitation of prostitution in which he pled not guilty but Um, they know that these girls were underage yeah but i mean i guess they couldn't prove it because he hit all of his camera footage and shit but that's not prostitution that's rape i mean underage i mean I don't know. He was paying them. Um, <laughs> no, it's they're not I'm adults, you know. No, I no, know, I but do. like it just doesn't make sense that that's what they landed on, right? So, I mean, nothing about his court case really makes sense. No. Uh, I mean, he, he obviously just paid his way out of all this shit. So, the FBI investigated, uh, held an investigation called Operation Leap Year. Um, they began investigating Jeff in July 2006. However. Alex Acosta, his name might sound familiar. At the time, he was a U.S. attorney in Florida. Uh, he shut down the investigation when he offered a plea deal for Epstein. Uh, Jeff agreed to plead guilty to two felony prostitution charges, register as a sex offender, and pay restitution to 36 victims. However, he concealed this deal from his victims, so they were never paid. Um, so basically, Alexander Acosta, he ended up working for Trump later. Um, let's see. Oh, actually, here, I have the notes. Acosta was then became the U.S. attorney Oh, at the time, he was the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of Florida. He agreed to a plea deal to grant immunity from all federal criminal charges to Epstein, along with four uh, named co-conspirators and any unnamed potential co-conspirators. That agreement, quote, essentially shut down the ongoing FBI probe into whether there were more victims and other powerful people who took part in Epstein's sex crimes. At the time, this halted the investigation and sealed the indictment. Um, so I'm not sure if the co-conspirators immunity was supposed to protect influential politicians and celebrities or the numerous young female recruits. Like if that's if they would have gone after them for recruiting these young girls or right. if they're just protecting like I'm sure it is both. So later, Alexander Acosta became the secretary of labor for the Trump administration from 2017 until like two weeks after Jeff Epstein's arrest in July 2019. And then I have here, quote, great people, the best people, Donald Trump. Um, So yeah, Alexander Acosta was basically like the person that gave Jeff Epstein this sweetheart deal in the early 2000s, essentially telling him that he's like off the hook. He just has to spend a couple months in jail. Um, Like no big deal. All the charges will be dropped and like whatever. So then, of course, they promoted him to secretary of labor. Um, So Jeff was sentenced to 18 months in prison on June 30th, 2008. He was housed in a private wing of the Palm Beach County Stockade, while most sex offenders are sent to a state prison. Mm -hmm. And after about three months, he was allowed to work from home 12 hours a day, six days a week. So he basically went there to, like, sleep um, in his private wing. So the time he did not – or the – of the time that he did spend in jail, he treated it like his personal office. His cell door was left unlocked. He had his own personal television installed. He hired his own security who wore suits instead of, like, guard uniforms. You and can't do that. They checked in, quote, welcomed guests at the front desk and destroyed all of their guest logs, which is, like, completely fucking illegal. People that come and go yeah. from the jail, like, are supposed to be t- tracked. Um... So even after being released, after nearly 13 of his 18-month stay, he was supposed to be on house arrest for a year at his, uh, 
in Palm Beach, but mm-hmm. he was still traveling to his residences in New York and the Virgin Islands, as well as just shopping around Palm Beach for exercise. Um, so that was like his first stint. So for like 10 years, he kept it under the radar from like 2009 when he got out of jail until like 2019. He was somehow like out of the news. Um, so here are just a few civil cases throughout the years. Um, most of these examples are described in the Netflix documentary. Um, but like I said, um, the first one was in 2008. It was Jane Doe versus Epstein in which a woman from Virginia filed a $50 million lawsuit claiming that she was recruited to massage Jeff in 2004 when she was about 16 years old and he gave her 200 bucks. Um, at least three other women filed similar suits throughout the same year, 2008, and all were dismissed or settled out of court. Um, in 2015, Virginia Roberts Giffrey alleged that she was sexually trafficked at the age of 17 and name-dropped Ghislaine, Prince Andrew, and Alan Dershowitz, who was a prominent Harvard law professor, um, as just a few of the people who had participated. Um, she claimed that they physically and sexually abused her and used her to recruit, recruit other young girls. They all obviously denied this, and in usual Jeff fashion, he settled out of court. Um, in that same year, she went and sued Ghislaine for defamation, and the case was settled in private in 2017. So this is kind of a big deal. Um, in March 2019, the court um, actually unsealed these documents in which Virginia, the um, victim, victim name-dropped some other prominent people, such as Jean-Luc Brunel, Governor Bill Richardson, a couple foreign princes, um, presidents and prime ministers, who she had recruited for, uh, none of whom were ever questioned. Uh, Virginia testified, quote, my whole life revolved around just pleasing these men and keeping Ghislaine and Jeffrey happy. Their whole entire lives revolved around sex. Um, Less than 24 hours before Jeff's death on August 9th, 9th 2019 2000 pages of documents were released and made public um an anonymous california woman issued a lawsuit against jeff and donald trump in 2016 claiming that they sexually assaulted her at parties um in manhattan throughout 1994 when she was just 13 years old but it was dismissed um she filed again in new york with a, a witness and a friend of um this jane doe the same woman uh whom she had confided in at the time and claimed to be a recruiter herself um the suit was dropped on november 4th shortly after the election when the woman began receiving death threats um sarah ransom sued jeff and maxwell in 2017 when she was hired to give him massages and threatened to destroy her career if she didn't comply and the suit was settled privately in 2019, Maria Farmer alleged that she and her sister were sexually assaulted by Jeff and Maxwell in 1996. She was 18. Her sister was 15 at the time. Um, let's see. While in jail awaiting trial in July 2019, Jennifer Arawaz filed a lawsuit claiming that she was recruited outside of her high school at age 14. Mm-hmm. After his death, she amended her complaint to include over 20 corporate entities associated with Jeff, as well as multiple co-conspirators. Um, and then throughout 2019, and even till now, after his death, there have been countless women who have come forward to sue his estate, accusing him of everything from rape, sexual abuse, false imprisonment, trafficking, battery, and assault. Um, I'm pretty sure I counted at least 13 women or Jane Doe's to sue his estate just in the last year and they claim mm-hmm. to have happened at like literally every property that he's owned um so his most recent courtroom debacle 
He was when he was arrested on July 6, 2019, at a New Jersey airport for sex trafficking charges and was brought to the Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York. Uh, The FBI raided his New York home that day as well. And here are some of the things they found. They found thousands of sexually suggestive photographs or of fully or partially nude females, some of which were confirmed to be underage. They also found compact discs in a safe titled Young and then like a person's name and another name. Uh, miscellaneous nudes and girl pics nudes were what the CDs were titled, as well as $70,000 in cash, 48 diamonds, and this like fake Australian passport with stamps to France, Spain, the UK, Saudi Arabia, all that good stuff all throughout the 80s. Um, it had Jeff's picture, but a different name, and he claimed Ooh. to be from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Believable. Um, on July 8th, he was charged with sex trafficking and conspiracy to traffic minors for sex. He asked to be released on bond for a hundred mil and promised to stay in his New York city mansion, but it was denied considering, right. He was a danger to the public as well as a flight risk. Um, on July 23rd, he was found injured and semi-conscious in the middle of his, in the middle of the night in his cell with marks in his cell with marks around his neck. Um, Jeff's cellmate, this is really weird. Jeff's cellmate happens to be former New York city police officer, Nicholas Tartaglione. Um, he was, he has a crazy story himself that, and he was involved in trafficking drugs and steroids and wound up in jail after murdering four men, um, who allegedly owed him money. He claimed to have no knowledge as to what happened to Jeff. Tartaglione, went to court in December 2019, but prosecutors said surveillance footage had disappeared due to a clerical error. So there was no way to prove that, as he claimed, he actually saved Jeff from, I don't know if it was suicide or if people were attacking him. I didn't really look that much into Nicholas, the uh, imprisoned New York City police officer, but it seems Mm -hmm. like he has a pretty sordid past. Um, So Jeff was placed on suicide watch for six days and was returned to his normal housing unit when he told psychiatrists that it was his cellmate. It was not he didn't try committing suicide so no one knows what actually happened that night Mm -hmm. for some fucking reason there are cameras all over the prison but i mean this was not captured um no one really knows what happens but it's speculated that it could have been a suicide attempt um however the injuries were not that bad so it could also have been staged so that he could be transferred or he could have actually been assaulted by his cellmate considering he was technically a pedophile and they don't like generally do well in jail Mm-hmm. Um, his cause of death is still unknown, but 10 days after his death, Judge Berman dismissed all sex trafficking charges. What? Uh-huh. So, um, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the meme, Jeff Epstein, or Epstein didn't kill himself or whatever. Like, there's so m- there's, like, a whole... Oh, yeah. No, it's, like, it has, like, regular, like, everyday something talking about, like, an everyday topic, and then all of a sudden it says, but remember, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. It's yes. Like, no. He was, he was murdered. For sure. Yes. To cover, because he was going to leak the names of all the other elite people. Yeah. Exactly. And they didn't want to, they didn't want to deal with that. So I promise this is the last part that I have. Um, It's just Epstein didn't kill himself. All right. So this was uh, mostly from an article in the New York Times. So when he was transferred back to his normal cell, he was supposed to have a cellmate as well as uh, be checked on by the guards every 30 minutes. Apparently Mm -hmm. his cellmate was transferred earlier that day and they did not replace him. So he was alone. Um, Video footage shows a guard returning Jeff to his cell from a meeting with his lawyers around 7.50 p.m. He did not return to check on him until 10.30. 
The guards proceeded. That's not 30 minutes. No. The guards proceeded to nap throughout their night shift, and cameras showed Jeff wasn't checked on for at least three hours. They oh denied God. this in their reports, which is apparently super illegal, and they were charged with creating false records and conspiracy in November 2019. So I guess, like, the guards were kind of held accountable a little bit, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should be. Um, They, of course, claim to be just, like, scapegoats for the prison system, blah, blah, blah. All right. He was found dead at 6.30 in the morning on August 9th, 2019, when a different guard brought him breakfast, you know, I guess like the morning shift. Mm-hmm. Um, it first appeared to be suicide. His sheets were tied to his top bunk and around his neck, and he was kneeling in front of his bed, and it is claimed that it's it's estimated he was he had been dead for about two hours when they found him. Um, he was pronounced dead at the hospital at 6.39 and taken to the medical examiner's office. So that's fucked up. They found him at 6.30 in the morning, and he was at the hospital by 6.30. This is a huge violation of protocol, um, as all deaths are supposed to be investigated the same, whether they are a suicide or a homicide, especially in a jail. Um, no prison personnel took any photos of where his body was found either. So there's no fucking oh pictures. God. There's no video footage, of course. Like, n- they literally just threw him in a fucking ambulance and took- within nine minutes of finding him. That's um, crazy. So they cleaned that shit up real quick. Um, some question whether the... Sh- uh, let's see. Some question whether a sheet could kill a six foot 185 pound person or if his bed was even high enough um in his cell guards found a note (laughs) with jeff bitching about burnt food bugs in his cell and being left in the shower for an hour with no clothes boo-hoo it's like you motherfucker the way that you treat women like oh my god all right so these were his little like bitchy notes um New York City's chief medical examiner, Barbara Sampson, conducted the autopsy on August 11th and was chaperoned by his lawyer's pathologist, Michael Baden. Um, Michael Baden is – have you ever seen Autopsy on HBO? Mm-mm. It's so fucking good. And, I, like, I love him. Like, he's <laughs> he has, like, crazy stories. And um, so, anyway, he just – he does autopsies and, you know, researches dead bodies, whatever. So, anyway, he was the person that um, Epstein's lawyers brought in to kind of oversee this autopsy. Um, okay. So – medical examiner Barbara Sampson ruled it a suicide by hanging himself with a sheet from his bed, but Jeffrey's lawyers challenged her conclusion. Go figure. Um, Baden later reported that his neck injuries were more consistent with homicidal strangulation than suicide due to the three particular bones that were broken. However, other medical experts agree with Sampson's assessment in that these injuries are often sustained by suicide, especially in the elderly. <laughs> I love that he's like elderly. Um, Right, he thinks he's hot shit, but he's right. like a million years old. You're you're frail, mandible. Um, <laughs> other things that Baden pointed out as homicidal evidence were, um, so it's really gross. But like, if you look at the wound on his neck, it's super skinny. Like, it looks like he was strangled with like a phone cord or something. Not like, right. and, and there's blood. And I'm like, oh. that's weird. Like, you wouldn't cut yourself with a bed sheet. You're just like, you know, like choke yourself so i mean it's weird that there would be blood anyway so there was blood on his neck but not on the sheets so it looks like they did Hmm. strangle him maybe with like a tv quarter a phone cord or something um and then wrapped the sheets around his neck after the blood had already dried because right right um i have on here do you even bleed from hanging i don't think so like no uh, i think only only if it's like like you said like a skinny like rope or something yeah 
Um, so the contusions on both, he had contusions on both of his wrists and bruises on his left forearm and shoulder, which kind of made him assume that he was maybe like handcuffed and strangled or like okay. there was like a struggle cause he has like bruised, but he was also in jail. So like maybe there was, I don't know. Um, not that he was actually in jail. Just kidding. He <laughs> really only slept Right. He there. was in his own little private room. Right. Um, he had hem- hemorrhages in his eyes, which is not unheard of for suicide, but it's definitely more common in strangulation. Mm. Um, there was a lack of lividity in his lower legs, which suggested that he didn't die upright. So lividity is like the redness that occurs from like when the blood settles in your body. So like if you're laying on the autopsy table, typically like your the back of your body will be more red than the top of your body because your blood like settles in your body. Oh, so I didn't, if, know that. I didn't either. So if you if he had actually died sitting up the way that they found him, then like all of the blood kind of would have rushed to his bottom half but it didn't Mm -hmm. um so it suggests that he didn't die upright and that he was actually strangled and like put into that position um so his brother mark picked up the body after the autopsy and he was buried in an unmarked tomb in palm beach on september 5th um his brother's his brother lawyers and many politicians believe that he was killed as do two out of three americans due to his ties with super wealthy and well known people especially like politicians trump and the clintons who are very prominent still um and they didn't want him to leak any info on them to avoid jail time so um i mean that's really all i have for jeff epstein uh he was just a dirty motherfucker for Mm -hmm. sure there's just like so much evidence it's like striking that (laughs) i mean (laughs) i mean no one no one's doing anything not that no one's doing anything but like the institutions that matter are not doing anything like the right, fbi the institutions the... that can do something yes, aren't doing anything exactly exactly right like there's people everywhere you and i people all like everyday people who genuinely believe that this is happening because it is right and want something to be done about it but we aren't in charge right oh goodness um i watched some more of that jeffrey epstein documentary last night oh yes it's so it's just so fucked up, man. Isn't it? There's two of them, aren't there? Like two different documentaries? There might even be more, but I was watching the one called Filthy Rich. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Is that the one where they interview, um, like, the girls that were, um, like, suing him or have litigation yeah. currently open? Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I feel like it, it's also, like, kind of irrefutable evidence. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like how many people can come forward and tell the same fucking story they're not all in it together right and like you said before like they are all coming from like different areas and different schools like they don't know each other i mean right. some of them do because they like recruit each other right but there's like different groups that don't know each other and it's just i don't know right um, andy yeah like he has homes all over the place it's not like they're all necessarily from the same area yeah yeah um well, I guess I can uh, get started talking about this bitch, Ghislaine Maxwell. Oh, yeah. She's an interesting character. I hate her. I can't believe she's, she's still alive. I don't think she's uh-huh. going to make it to trial. I'm sure you get into so it, but when is her trial supposed to be? I think it's supposed to be August of next year. Oh I, it's, I haven't written There's down There's no way she'll I... survive an entire year in there. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, if, if she gets murdered, it's going to be pretty, or like, quote-unquote commit suicide it's going to be very suspicious right like what are the odds of both the people in this case killing themselves like Uh mm 
Um, oh, and in the documentary Filthy Rich, um, they were talking about how like Jeffrey Epstein, he's more of an introvert, but he's like when he's um, like put on the spot, he definitely takes control of the situation and shit. Mm-hmm. So like there was, I remember somebody like was interviewing him for a job and he said, I was interviewing him, but then it turned out he was interviewing me. Like he took control of the interview and like flipped everything around. And it's just like, it, and he, I don't, it's like impressive and it, it seems like he's very charismatic. I don't know. Right. So he's obviously he was, like an, a manipulative person. Yes. And he's very much into like controlling other people. Yeah. Um, and who better to try to control and brainwash than like underage girls. Um, but uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, this bitch, she is definitely more of like a people person. Okay. Um, so she was kind of like his right hand man. Um, like she was the one who would convince girls to come to the house and like they would give them a mas- him a massage and then she would be like, okay, well now take your clothes off. And she would take her clothes off too. So it's like, well, this really nice rich lady is, you know, trying to help me out and she's taking her clothes off. She told me to take my clothes off. I suppose I should. So she like, she's very, she's manipulative as well. But um, I don't know. She's, they're different personality types. So he's right. more of an introvert and she's more of an extrovert, I think. Well, and that is always true. You know what I mean? I feel like girls are definitely more likely to trust another female than they are a guy. Like mm-hmm. if there's a hitchhiking situation, you're more likely oh, yeah. to get in the car if it's a couple than if it's just like a single dude. Right. And, you know, I mean, that's not always, <laughs> it's not always good. I mean, sometimes no. the female does not have good intentions, but you know, you do. Typically girls will just feel more comfortable. Right. Um, okay, so let me uh, let me tell you a little bit about this bitch. I just keep referring to her as that, this bitch, Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> um, I got most of her biography from Wikipedia, which I believe is a reputable source. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she was born in France on Christmas Day, 1961. She is the youngest of nine children. Ugh. Yeah. Um, two days after she was born, her older brother, Michael, who was 15 at the time, was in a car accident that put him in a coma until he died six years later. Damn, so he was in a six-year coma? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. So it's safe to say that her birth was a bad omen. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. <gasps> yeah, can you imagine? I, what a nightmare. Um, right. She grew up in a 53-room mansion in England where her father's publishing company also had offices. Um, she was daddy's favorite. Good for her. She was the baby, right? Yeah. Um, her father, Robert Maxwell, was a media proprietor and publishing fraudster. I don't really know what that means. I know that he, like, he would go around and, like, buy up media companies, like, news sources and shit. I heard he was a spy as well. There is um, speculation that he was, like, a spy for, I think, for the Czech Republic or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, she Weird. worked for him until he died in 1991. So she probably learned a lot about spying fraud. and being yeah. a fraud and just being an overall evil rich person. Um, she's known as a British socialite, even though she was born in France. Um, she's known for her association with financier and convicted sex offender, our good friend Jeffrey Epstein. Um, this year, 2020, she was charged with the crimes of enticement of minors and sex trafficking of children. That's when she moved to the United States and became a close, um, associate of Epstein. Wait, I think I fucked up. 
I wrote something wrong. Well, she, yeah, <laughs> okay. she met him, like, in the 90s, I think. Yeah, like, the late 80s or early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, Maxwell has faced persistent allegations of procuring and sexually trafficking under, underage girls for Epstein and for others. She denies all charges. Of course she does. Mm-hmm. Um, Maxwell, def- she founded the self-described ocean advocacy group, the Terra Mar Project, in 2012. Um so basically, I think they like tried to like clean up the ocean. Like, wow, good yeah, for her. She's okay. such a good person. Um, the organization closed in 2019, a week after the sex trafficking charges against Epstein became public. Mm-hmm. So that seems coincidental. I'm also wondering if maybe she was like embezzling money or something through this organization, which wouldn't surprise me. Right. Or he would. Well, I don't think he would be funding it. I think she was the one that had all the money, right? He, I, I mean, know. he kind of pretended to, like, invest people's money, but right. I don't he think was he... was doing, like, Ponzi schemes where, like, there right. was no real money, but p- investors believed there was money, so they right. would invest their money in the companies and shit, and that's where Epstein was getting his shit from. Um, let's see. In December of 2019, Reuters News reported that Maxwell, Maxwell was under FBI investigation for facilitating Epstein after Epstein. Maxwell went into hiding, communicating with the courts only through her lawyers, who, as of January 2020, had refused to accept service of three law- lawsuits against her. Like, can can you do that? Can you just, like, be like, mm, no, thanks. I don't want to be served papers. <laughs> can you do that? Like, um, no, I don't accept this. I don't know. I thought they, like, had to serve it to you in, like, a certain way. Like, know. you know what I mean? They have to prove that it was actually physically given to you and that you were... But I don't know. I mean, rules might be different in the UK. I'm really not sure. Right. I don't know. Um, The U.S. Virgin Islands Department of Justice announced in July of this year, 2020, that she was also under investigation in the Caribbean territory. So this bitch is like everywhere. Right. She's all over the place. You know, she's in the UK, France, the U.S., uh, the Caribbean. It's crazy. Um, Same with what's his nuts? Epstein. Right. Okay, so let's talk about her relationship with Epstein. She met him through her father in, like, the late 80s or early 90s. Um, They had a romantic relationship for several years in the early 90s and remained closely associated for decades. Um, Several of Epstein's household employees testified that Epstein referred to her as his, quote, main girlfriend, who also hired, fired, and supervised his staff. She has also been referred to as, quote, the lady of the house by Epstein's staff and as his, quote, aggressive assistant. Yeah, that's gross. Um, In a 2003 Vanity Fair profile on Epstein, author Vicki Ward said Epstein referred to Maxwell as my best friend. It's just so lovely. Um, Ward also observed that Maxwell seemed to organize much of his life. So she was like his right hand man for a long ass time. Right. A business partner, if you will. Yeah, but they also fucked. Um, (laughs) And she, you know, brought other people in to fuck him. Right. Great. Um, It is widely known that Maxwell and Epstein had friendships with several prominent individuals in elite circles of politics, academia, business, and law, including President Donald Trump, former President Bill Clinton, attorney Alan Dershowitz, and Prince Andrew, Duke of York. If you don't know, Alan Dershowitz was the attorney for O.J. Simpson, Jeffrey Epstein, Donald Trump, and Harvey Weinstein, so he must be a great guy. You said he's an attorney? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I don't think he was Jeffrey Epstein's attorney, but I because I don't think he had um, 
like a bar license or whatever in Florida. I thought he was like a professor, like a Harvard law professor. But I mean, I guess that makes him an attorney. An attorney. He might have been both. Yeah. Um, So he, I don't think he was Jeffrey Epstein's actual lawyer. Right. I think he like recommended people to be his lawyer. So he was like friends with Jeffrey Epstein. Sure. Um, In 1995, Epstein actually renamed one of his companies, the Ghislaine Corporation in Palm Beach, Florida. I know, isn't that so sweet? Um, Where a lot of his bullshit took place. Um, So as a trained helicopter pilot, Maxwell also transported Epstein to one of his two private Caribbean islands known to locals as Pedophile Island. So Maxwell could like fly helicopters, which is like kind of a fun fact. And submarines. Oh, could she? Yes. I didn't know that. They have submarines at their fucking Pedophile Island. So nobody can see them coming and going. Oh my god. Um, Fucking weird, man. Well, I was, you know, I was like reading and watching the documentary and reading about their shit and like a lot of the like employees on his island would say that they he would come like Jeffrey Epstein would fly in and like step out of the plane with these clearly very young girls and like the girls would always have like Gucci bags and like like shopping bags um from like Gucci and Dolce Gabbana and like all this shit and like you know they all seemed like oh well we just went on a shopping spree so now I have to sleep with this guy um and it's like he was like almost flaunting it like look at all these really young hot girls that I have with me and it's like yeah, but, like, how young? That's so shady. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, God. It's, it's not a good right. look, bro. So, like, maybe maybe they did the submarine thing when people started getting suspicious. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know. So. She's a squirrely bitch. That's for sure. Like. Yeah. She's sneaky. She's a squirrely bitch. <laughs> I like that. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, in 2018. Oh, no. In 2008. Epstein was convicted of soliciting a minor for prostitution and served 13 months of an 18-month jail sentence. Um, Which I described in detail. You did. (laughs) Um, Following his release, although Maxwell continued to attend prominent social functions, she and him were never um, seen together publicly anymore. Really? Um, After what year? After 2008, after he served jail time. Interesting, okay for you know soliciting a minor and shit um so they like didn't hang out publicly anymore that's probably the first smart thing she's ever done um by late 2015 maxwell had largely retreated from attending social functions altogether Hmm. so like she was starting to get scared i think right okay so gilan now has at least eight legal cases against her many of which were filed by the victims However, courts were unable to locate her for a long time because because she had no permanent residence because she has so many different houses Uh in different parts of the world. Um, According to Wikipedia, Maxwell has a history of being unreachable during legal proceedings. Like, it must be nice to just, like, hop in a helicopter and escape your responsibilities and go to one of your many mansions all over the world. No wonder she's a fucking flight risk. It's like, my (sighs) God, you can't – like, what did it take to actually get her, you know, (laughs) to court in the first place? Um, even her lawyers said they didn't know where she was, which could have been true, but yeah. they also, like I said, they refused to be served with the lawsuits. Like, I don't, like, is that even allowed? Like, oh, no, thanks. I don't want to deal with that. Right. Like, I just didn't check this email. I never saw it. Right. I don't, know, I don't know. I thought, I thought they, like, they had people who were, like, kind of, like, disguised as, like, a, a mailman or something. Like, hey, I need you to sign for this. Just kidding. Here's your papers. You just got served. Right. <laughs> like, you know, shit like that. Like, they kind of 
catch you, but I don't know. Um, okay, so finally, Maxwell was arrested in Bradford, New Hampshire by the FBI on July 2nd, 2020, and charged with six federal crimes, including enticement of minors, sex trafficking of children, and perjury. And I didn't really know what perjury meant, so I looked it up. And it means that she lied under oath. Mm-hmm. Um, the indictment charged that between 1994 and 1997, but I'm sure it was much longer, she assisted, facilitated, and contributed to the abuse of minor girls, despite knowing that one of the three unnamed victims was 14 years old. She pled not guilty to the charges. Like, mm, pretty sure you are, though. <laughs> it's, it's quite clear. It's quite clear. Um, she's currently being held at the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn, New York, which I think is the same place that Epstein was held. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, I mean... No, well, uh, yeah, possibly. Because uh, I was going to say, I know he did his little 13-month early 2000 yeah. stint in Palm Beach. But right. his second one, yeah, it was in New York. I forget which one it was. I literally talked about it yesterday, so... Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if the, if it's the same place, like, they really need to, like, double down and you know, really check on her and make sure she's not hurting right. herself or being hurt by somebody else. They already fucked this up once. Uh-huh. Um, her lawyers... Rec- oh, this is great. Her lawyers requested that the judge release her on $5 million bond mm-hmm. with minor monitored home confinement while awaiting trial. Um, on July 14th, a New York federal judge denied Maxwell bail after determining that her risks of fleeing are simply too great. You think? <laughs> right? Like, that's what you get, you evil bitch. Um, she is a naturalized citizen of the U.S., but she also holds, holds passports from France and the U.K., so the judge denied her bail because she's a flight risk and she's very skilled at living and hiding. Also, France does not extradite its citizens, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. So, yeah, so that's probably where she would, you know, right. flee to is France because she knows she would be safer there. Um. Her, this is also funny. Her lawyers argued unsuccessfully that she was at risk of catching COVID-19 in detention. Like, LOL, tell that to the millions of people in jail for nonviolent drug offenses. Right, right. Like, fuck you, you dumb bitch. Um, I don't think I've ever said the word bitch as many times as I have Well, today. and you know she's not, like, with the general fucking population. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm sure they gave her her own private wing or whatever. Right, and she probably was able to, like, hire her own guards and, like, have her own private television right. and shit, just like Epstein did. I feel like she's more well-off and well-connected than he was. I mean... Right. And she's, like, charming. Right. You know, like, everybody Annoying. seems to like her. I know, isn't it? Um, the judge set a date for trial... Oh, uh, July 12th of 2021. And he said that it's expected to last for about two weeks. But we'll fucking see. She'll probably end up just like Epstein. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, I won't be sad when she gets murdered. But, like, we need to get info from her first. Right. It's also, yeah, there. she just had too many connections that, like, Mm -hmm. are still open and not being investigated. And as soon as she's gone, they're going to stop investigating them. Yep. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we can't charge anybody with this. It's like, you could certainly try to sue her estate, though. Right. And at least get some kind of compensation for the victims, because there's so fucking many of them, and she had so much fucking money. Right. I mean, money can't buy happiness, clearly, but I don't know. Anyway, um, I want to talk about Pedophile Island. Okay, go for it. Okay, so I got some information from Wikipedia, uh, insider.com. And NewYorkMag.com, which had quotes from, like, a bunch of other news sources. Um, Okay, so 
Um, Epstein owned two islands in the Caribbean near the Virgin Islands, but we're going to talk about one in particular called Little St. James, and he often referred to it as Little St. Jeff. Gross. That's fucking gross. Oh my god, he's such a douche. Isn't he? Um, But the locals like to call it the Island of Sin, Orgy Island, or my favorite, Pedophile Island. There was also another one too, like, oh no, it was his airplane was called like the Lolita or something. Ooh. Yeah, isn't that because like it was always full of young, pretty girls? I'm like, yeah, puked in my yeah. mouth a little bit. <sighs> oh my god, it's like, can you make it any more fucking obvious? Right, he's not like just so. What is the word I'm looking for here, Amanda? Like just fucking like blatant. Yes, he's yes. like flaunting it. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. He is. He <laughs> is like trying to like he he doesn't care about hiding it. Like, oh right. my god. Anyway, carry on. Okay. Um, in 1997, the island had a main house, three guest cottages, a caretaker's cottage, a private desalination system for the water, a helipad, and a dock. As of 2008, Little St. James Island featured a staff of 70 employees, the five buildings, and a, quote, flamingo-stocked lagoon. What? Um, when Epstein first bought it, he stripped the native vegetation, adorned it with palm trees, and placed two giant flags on both ends of the island. Um, his residence on the island is a stone mansion with cream-colored walls and a turquoise roof. And it actually sounds, like, kind of lovely, but, of course, he had to go and use his powers for evil. Right. Well, and it's like, oh, my God. This is very off-topic, but I read this article about – Do you did you ever see that movie The Beach with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes. The, like, little hidden um, – weird community the it's like a weird private island where like people kind of ran off to yeah it was really weird right so um i read this article about that movie and how it like changed the topography of that like island i want to say it was like kind of in fiji or near it and um they said that the they had there were like a bunch of like natural bushes and stuff there and like the brush there that they cut down to make it look more you know like idyllic and landscaped right. kind of thing and it like fucked up the like uh geography or like the animals and like the bugs and everything that was living the on the, the island habitat, exactly because yeah. like it was kind of a closed ecosystem and they said that even today that movie is like 20 years old but even today like that island brings tourists who are like oh i'm at the beach or you know i'm where the beach was filmed like you know it's a pretty well-known movie so yeah. like people still visit there and they're like you know this island is not meant to have like tourists it's not meant to you know hold all of these people with all of their trash and you know coming through with boats and that kind of thing so like the fact that he literally just stripped this island of like all of its natural resources is also kind of fucked up i mean i know it's nothing compared to like what he's actually doing there but right but i mean like every aspect of his life he's just evil yes exactly (laughs) he just doesn't give a fuck about any just himself Mm -hmm. yep go Um, on yeah okay Excuse me. Okay. Um, <laughs> Epstein. Okay, so he was trying to add more shit before he went to prison. Um, he wanted to build a villa with a separate library for his 90,000 volumes. I can't a read. Japanese bathhouse, <laughs> a Japanese bathhouse and a movie theater. Okay. Um, the larger, more recently purchased Great, James, Great St. James Island is currently and illegally under construction. Uh-huh. In December of 2018, the Virgin Islands Department of Planning and Natural Resources issued a stop work order to Epstein for not adhering to environmental regulations. So good for them. Um, not one to let the law get in the way. He continued to <laughs> he continued with unauthorized work on the island even after the stop work order was issued. The plan for the complex includes an amphitheater and a 
quote, underwater office and pool. I read about that. Like, what? That sounds very, like, um, like super villain of him. Doesn't it? Like, with, like with a big shark tank or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Would expect nothing so yeah. less, Amanda, for a submarine dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, according to the Associated Press, when guides took scuba divers to spots near the coast of Little St. James, security guards would walk the water's edge. In a similar spirit, when Epstein bought Great St. James, he shut down Christmas Cove, where locals and tourists would order pizza and have it delivered by boat. Um, basically, he's Jeff Epstein, the no-good fun-time ruiner. <laughs> <laughs> the fun like, police. Right, like, oh, you're not allowed to scuba dive here. Or, God. oh, you're not allowed to hang out in Christmas Cove, even though it's like, I don't know. It's it's just, like, the locals were here first, and, like, this is their fucking island, and you are just this stupid, rich white guy, and, he, yeah, he's a no-good fun-time ruiner. <laughs> um, okay, on a hill... On the southwest point of Little St. James Island, there is a building that they call the Temple. It's painted with blue and white stripes and topped with a golden dome. It's very uh, reminiscent of like a Masonic temple or something. Um, As Business Insider describes it, quote, the front is flanked by statues painted in gold. One of them appears to be the trident-wielding Poseidon, the Greek god of the sea, while two others look like birds perched on the corners of the roof. It is surrounded by a line of palm trees and a terrace with a labyrinth motif. Finally, the exterior seems to incorporate an optical illusion to create the impression that the exterior windows and door are set within carved flanges, end quote. Um, so it's like this really unusual building. It's like, I'll get into it. Okay, so this is where it gets like a little culty, in my opinion. Um, according they call to it Island, the temple, I mean. Yeah, right. According to island workers, the building may have been designed as a music studio with a grand piano and acoustic walls. Fun fact, Epstein is actually a classically trained pianist. What? Yeah, I had no idea. Um, again, another, like, supervillain trait that he's Right, has, you know? right. Like, he's, this is, like, straight out of a fucking, like, super movie. Like, supervillain, superhero movie. Um, Business Insider also contacted engineer and contractor James Both who noticed a few suspicious details about the temple. Um, Quote, it's styled like what you might see on a castle with what appears to be a reinforcing lock bar across the face. Um, And I got chills when I read this next part. Um, What makes it peculiar is that if you wanted to keep people out, the bar would be placed inside the building. But the locking bar appears to be placed on the outside as if it were intended to lock people in. Oh, God. Yeah. From this perspective, sound dampening walls sound much more suspicious. So, like, yeah, you can pretend, like, it's your music studio and you need, like, like soundproof walls and shit, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. Okay, so let's go inside the temple. Um, so I watched a couple episodes of that documentary called Filthy, Filthy Rich, mm-hmm. um, and they started going into this weird bit about, like, child sacrifices and rituals and shit, but I was, like, kind of falling asleep, and I was like, this sounds like bullshit... But the more I read about this creepy temple on Epstein's Island, the more I'm kind of starting to believe it. Like, there's no actual evidence of, like, murdering kids or, like, sacrifices or anything like that. But the temple is just very suspicious and Mm -hmm. weird. Um, Okay, so I want to talk about language again, like I did last time, like, at the very beginning. Um, And this time I'm going to defend Satanism. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hear it. Okay, 
when people talk about these ritualistic sacrifices, they often refer to them as like satanic rituals. This is simply not accurate. People who identify as Satanists are not inherently evil. In fact, within the Church of Satan, one of the 11 satanic rules of the earth is, quote, do not make unreciprocated sexual advances. And another is, do not harm little children. Those aren't even part of the Ten Commandments in the Bible. And I think that kind of says something, don't you? I would say. Um, I mean, it should go without saying, but the fact that it still fucking happens is like, maybe it should go said. Yeah. (laughs) Someone needs Um, to. So, like, a lot of people who identify as, like, Satanists, um, their main thing is, like, um, like, separation of church and state, um, equality for all religions and things like that. So, like, for example, um, I don't remember where or when this happened, but there was, like, um, they were building, like, a, a monument or a statue of, like, the Ten Commandments or something. And so the Church of Satan came in or the Satanic Temple. They're two different things, but I'm not sure which one is which. Um, came in and they were like, well, if you guys are going to put up this um, monument about um, the Ten Commandments and the Bible and shit, then we want to put up a statue of Baphomet, which is like the goat-headed, um, um, the goat-headed god or the goat-headed demon. Mm-hmm. Um, so they built that that big-ass famous um, statue of Baphomet um, and everyone was throwing a fucking fit. They're like, you can't put that up. That's evil. That's satanic. It's just like, well... According to the U.S. Constitution, it's freedom of our religions and all religions are equal. So if you're allowed to put up this thing about your beliefs, this monument or this statue of the Ten Commandments, then we should be allowed to put up a statue of our beliefs, too. Surely. So that's pretty. And like a lot of them don't even really believe in like Satan or the devil or anything like that. It's more like you are your own God. Um, What do they say? They say like worship yourself or something. Well, I remember that um, in Missouri, they, when I first moved here, they were passing like a bunch of, there were like two really serious like anti-abortion laws that they were, that they were like trying to get pushed forward and they did. And the um, Satanic Temple or Church of Satan, I don't remember if there's a difference, whatever. Anyway, this group actually um sued like the state of missouri because they were Mm -hmm. like this is against my like just because they follow this follows your religious beliefs like nothing in my religion says anything about exactly you know what i mean so they were like this shouldn't apply to just a blanket like every person that lives here like you know what i mean so you're literally your argument is that people should not kill or have like an abortion because it's considered life you're you know it's considered killing a person but according to my religion it isn't necessarily a human being until it's like in the world like this Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so right so that's what i mean like the separation of church and state it's very right like it's fine for you to be like well this is against my religion so i can't do this sure but you can't say it's against my religion so you can't do it you can't make it a law that everyone has to follow your specific religious beliefs that's Mm -hmm. crazy um, we kind of went off on a tangent there, but I love, I love it. And um, yeah. <laughs> yet it passed. Jesus Christ. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, I'm not surprised though. Missouri is pretty uh, conservative. Okay, anyway. we're getting there. I'd like you to know. <laughs> oh, good. good. But, but yeah, um, I think everyone is considering the present situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as, so I don't identify as a Satanist, but I agree with a lot of the things that they stand for. Um, as I feel like most people should. So, so what I'm you're saying is that so they're strange. like basically giving 
like the satanic church a bad reputation because right. the, the media is saying oh you know these wealthy people are having these crazy satanic ritual parties where they sacrifice children it's like it has nothing to do with satanism <laughs> right exactly um gotcha. and as a matter of fact um well i'll tell you in just a second there's a an interesting portrait that epstein has inside of his temple hmm. um, okay so let's see okay back to the murder temple <laughs> okay all right um, so it's this little square building and it has these goofy looking blue and white horizontal stripes all over it. And it used to have like a big gold dome in the, at the top, but I don't think it's there anymore. I think they took it off. Um, and it has a mural on the outside of like a giant wooden medieval looking door. Um, it's just a weird ass building. Uh, let's see. Insider.com spoke to a piano tuner who went into the building two separate times in 2012. And he actually did go in and tuned a piano. So there is a piano in there. Um, He never met Epstein, but he dealt with um, a few of his staff members. So he arrived at the island. They took him to the temple in a golf cart. And inside it had a wooden floor and a small section was slightly raised up like a platform. I'm thinking like kind of like a stage maybe. Um, There was a couch and a desk and floor to ceiling bookshelves full of bestsellers and the piano tuner said quote there was nothing scholarly on the bookshelves <laughs> just so a bunch just, of bullshit right like, it's just like I'm, a bunch of fucking romance novels or something i was picturing like uh picture books <laughs> coloring books <laughs> like fucking uh the hungry caterpillar or whatever <laughs> cute oh <laughs> yeah um okay also there was a black Wurlitzer grand piano and i think that's I think I have a Wurlitzer, but it's an upright. So I don't like associating myself with this, but. <laughs> right, like I, now I, I'm now sure I there are get, many people that have them. Right. Now I need to burn my fucking piano. Um, <laughs> okay, here it is. There was a portrait above the piano of Epstein with the Pope. And the piano tuner thinks it might have been John Paul II, who actually, he, this Pope condemned a lot of Catholic clergy for child sexual abuse. But some critics believe that him speaking out against it was kind of like overkill almost like he was trying to cover something up mm-hmm. like like when a liar gives you too many details but who knows um either way the portrait is like a weird thing to have like i don't know if it's just a painting or if it's like a photograph of them together or if he's like i would like to have commissioned a painting of me standing next to the pope and it's just like yeah but i've never met him so i don't know if they've actually met or not <laughs> i don't know that it's is very weird. strange all right um but he's piano- jewish he's not even catholic Right. So, I mean, but that's, I don't know. So he may have met him and like was just proud to have met a Pope. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Like, look, here's a picture of me with this famous person. I don't know. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. Is there like a Jewish version of a Pope or um, like a top dog in the Jewish religion? I don't know. I'm not sure. Right. I don't know know anything about, I'm very bad at religion. I don't know anything except for Satanism, apparently. (laughs) Very well versed. (laughs) I am. Um, okay, the piano tuner said, quote, I went in there knowing absolutely nothing about Epstein, except that he was wealthy. And after doing the job and talking to some of the other clients on St. Thomas, um, and they filled me in on the scandal, my perception of that room changed from a study to a lair. Yeah. So like you go in and it's like, oh, there's a desk and there's books and there's a piano. So oh, it's a study. But then you talk to these other people and like, no, it's spooky. It's creepy. Oh, I didn't even associate when I said that his library was full of kids books. Like, oh, oh, oh don't. I no, didn't. I didn't even think I... of it either. I was just like, he's fucking uneducated and can right. only read kids books. But <sighs> <sighs> oh, carry on. Okay. 
Um, this is the last I have. Um, there's still no physical evidence that he was killing kids, but if he did, I wouldn't put it past him. Right. Um, and he, if he did, he probably did it in this creepy ass temple or selling them to other people who would want to do something like that, you know? Right. Yep. And that's, that was his big thing was trafficking. Like he not only was, he wasn't just like a pimp, you know, he was actually the one engaging in sexual acts with these people right these kids well and i feel like a lot of his a lot of his like connections i feel like were for the purpose of blackmail it was like you know oh you know like you want to like like because i don't think he really had like a steady stream of income it sounds like a lot of his income was just kind of like fraudulent or like hidden overseas like it seems like a lot of it was kind of like ious or like just you know like investments or like property like that kind of thing it's like nobody really knows like how much he was worth or where all of his wealth was or how he was able to like afford all this shit so i feel like a lot of it was him like almost i don't i don't know maybe he was blackmailing you know these wealthy people like the prime minister and the prince and all these you know saudi arabian royals and things like that it's like well motherfucker like i have all these photos of you guys together that you didn't know i took so unless you're gonna pay me a mil a year i'm gonna come out with this information you know i mean like maybe that's how he got all of his cash i really have no idea and that's also how he got murdered right right um so i don't know like i just i really love tropical islands <laughs> but he had to go and ruin it yeah no kidding um i mean i feel like this is like definitely a good start and a good introduction to like how bad the issue is but uh i also feel like they're really just the tip of the iceberg there are many organizations and so many other people that are involved in this and i feel like as much as I fucking hate that I shop at Victoria's Secret, I feel like that is actually, like, a big contributor of it. And like, I actually right. listened to a podcast about Victoria's Secret, and, like, not just with Jeffrey Epstein, but, like, I mean, he was obviously very, very close to him. He was literally the executor of his will and, like, his what estate. What was his name? Uh, Les Wexner? Les Wexner, yeah. And so I listened to another podcast about uh, Victoria's Secret and, like, the L brands and how shady his companies are run. So... Um, I mean, I just, I've heard that, you know, there are quite a few companies that are involved in this and it's not just trafficking of like, you know, kids. Well, some of the girls that were in the, uh, Netflix documentary, a lot of them were not from like well-off areas. They would right. go, you know, to their high schools or to their like shitty little neighborhoods and find these girls. Cause they know that they're the ones that are more likely to need cash. You know, they're not going to, like, wealthy neighborhoods because in these – their affluent parents are going to be able to just give them money when they ask. Like, Mm -hmm. Right, like, most of them were, like, runaways or, you know, their parents were addicts or something. And, like, they needed to get away and they needed needed money to do that. But they're underage. They can't work. Right. So if this guy is offering them cash, lots of cash. Right. Under the table. Exactly. So, I mean, it just seems like they – I don't know. I had a point for this, but I don't remember what I was, where I was going with it. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it just seems like they kind of go for easy targets and, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like not like typically, like I was mentioned, like I was talking about yesterday, how a lot of immigrants and minorities are targeted because they're not maybe familiar with like their rights in a different country or, you know, they don't really know what they're, 
like how the job market works when they have, mm-hmm. when they're a refugee or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's easy for them to kind of get into these situations. And like I was telling you before, I think it was Lizzie that was talking about um, just how they're like, especially during coronavirus, it's like, I don't think as many people are trying to cross the Mexican border. Like, I don't think there are that many people trying to get into the country because it's like not healthy. Right. Um, but you know, last year and previously before that, like, I feel like they had so many people in these like temporary living situations, like these, like basically prisons for immigrants. And I think, like I said, since COVID, I don't think they're they really have that many people trying to get in, but, um, but they're not letting the ones that they already had leave. Yes. They're literally in cages. Yes. And the other thing that I was going to say too, is that like a lot of times they separate the parents from the kids. Like the kids have Mm -hmm. a separate, um, area they're supposed to be in. And they said that there are like 2000 immigrant children who like their parents just don't know where they went. Like they cannot tell them like they're supposed to be reunited. Now they filled out their paperwork. They're moving forth with the process and they just don't know where their kids are. That's so So, heartbreaking. You know, it's like, again, like they just get put into these shitty work camp situations and they just like who knows I mean I don't know if they're digging holes or farming or if they're actually being sex trafficked like I you know it's impossible to tell but there are definitely corporations and government organizations that know what the fuck is going on they have to be funded by something so it's either our tax dollars or private organizations that are like funding this kind of thing and you know paying these people off to gather up groups of children like, I mean, someone's in charge of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, and I think we're going to get to the this, bottom of it. Yeah, we're going to try. Um, I think I've mentioned this before, but um, Wayfair, the furniture place, oh, yeah, was yeah. Um, providing, like, cots and things to these ICE detention centers. Okay. And interestingly enough, you know, a lot of the children happened to go missing, mm. and the ICE detention centers just don't know where they went question mark question mark um so it's like all of a sudden now there's this whole allegation against Wayfair um selling these weird pieces of furniture or like a pillow for like like thousands and thousands of dollars and it's like that's clearly incorrect and you know it's it's just a weird connection that maybe they are selling children but I can't imagine that they would put it on their public website unless they're just trying to hide in plain sight I don't know I like I like I said before like I wouldn't even know where to go on the dark web to like purchase (laughs) a person right I I would be too scared so I guess like doing it on just wayfair.com would be like my best option as like a person (laughs) who didn't know how to do it who knew right I I don't know I not that I'm ever going to clearly no, right but... but it's just like these fucking weirdos that are doing it. it's like how do you even get this like itch how do you even get this right. idea to like look into this like where do you even go for this kind of thing right. it's like you you have to be like a well-connected person or you know someone who knows someone who knows someone shady it's like mm-hmm. it's like right exactly yes absolutely and 
I don't know, man. I just, I feel like, wouldn't you be worried about getting fucked over? It's like, what you're trusting this person. What if this person is setting you up? Or what right. if this person's a cop? Or what if this person just takes your money and you never hear from them again? Right. I guess if you're well off enough, it doesn't really matter. But still, why take the risk? You know, right. like how, uh, I don't know. It's I don't know. Just... I guess, I guess their need to have sex with kids for some reason is just so great that they're willing to take that risk. I mean, the thing is, it's like, look how long fucking Jeff Steen got off with it, you know? Like, (laughs) I feel like how in the fuck he got away with it for so long, he probably Mm -hmm. felt, like, bold and... uh, Right, like he was flaunting it and shit. Right. So, I mean, it is. It's crazy. It's like, you know, you and I think about it like, oh my god, like, why would they take the risk of being caught and why, you know, but it's like, he didn't give a fuck. He was doing it for decades Right, and and nothing And the fact that, like, you can just pay people off. And like, Absolutely. when he did get arrested, he had it made. He was, you know, he had his own private yep. wing of the prison. He had, he was able to hire all of his own guards and like. Right. And they did say that he donated like 130 grand to that jail. So of course they were going to let him do whatever he wanted. Right. It's just like, you know, the parents who donate money to private schools so that their kids can get it. And it's like, oh, well, I donated all this money to this prison that's supposed to be run by taxpayer dollars that you've obviously been mismanaging wildly for the last, you know, since it opened. So here we are letting fucking private donors like Jeffrey fucking Epstein do whatever he wants because we can't afford to actually pay for the prison right. systems. Um, actually, I think the prisons are privately funded now, but most prisons are private. Isn't that fucked up? I mean, They're a little bit prisons, a little bit, but I thought that like taxpayer dollars were the ones that were paying for that shit. Right. I don't know. I mean, I don't, and I don't know if it's prisons versus jails. Like maybe that's, I don't know. Like, I think jails are like local government run right, but prisons. Smaller. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that could be a fun episode. Anyway, so, yeah, let's definitely look into um, some organizations that are kind of help behind this. We're definitely going to look into the L brands. We'll do some, you Mm -hmm. know, fishing into Wayfair. And I definitely want to look into Walmart, too, because I have heard that they are somehow involved in this. I know they are donors to Trump, so obviously they're not, like, a great company. Right. I need to... Stop shopping at Walmart. I okay, so it's listen. the only place out there. It is. It, what do you unless mean? You, unless you go to the fucking Jewel, which is like three times as expensive, or the Aldi, which has absolutely nothing that I will eat. Like Small, I'm so yeah. fucking picky. Um, okay, so I need help. I need suggestions from our listeners and friends. Um, if you know of any other companies or brands besides Amazon, besides Walmart, you know, besides these big evil corporations that are better alternatives and still like good deals and like they're you know you know the money is going to like a good thing instead of just going into some billionaire's pocket like please please suggest some things because I I'm tired of giving my money to Walmart and I'm tired of giving my money to fucking Amazon I (laughs) I know I I mean right now though it's like Amazon is the only fucking reliable place you can get a lot of shit You know, the grocery stores, I feel like, are not stocking. Eh, the grocery stores are. But I feel like Michael's and, you know, like, um, Joann's, like, more specialty stores are, like, not restocking their shit. So I feel like a lot of stuff that I need, right. like, for my shop, I get on fucking Amazon or Etsy. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I've heard that if you go on Amazon and you, like, look at the, like, seller and go to the seller's website, sometimes they have it cheaper on the actual seller's website. But then it's, like, if you're buying from, like, multiple sources – it's just so much more convenient and cheaper to have it all done through Amazon's website. Well, and especially if you're, with like the shipping and shit. 
it depends on what it is. Like, I know, like, if you buy from a seller, a lot of times it's not free shipping and it can take right. weeks, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, depending on where it's coming from. Whereas so, if you have I mean, Amazon Prime, it'll take, it'll be here <laughs> in five minutes. Right, and, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and so, it'll, yeah. it'll ship, like, as quickly as possible. It's Yeah, it's like, they make it so convenient and so easy. Right. That totally. it's hard to find an alternative that's Absolutely. better. But I, I don't know, it, would it be worth it to, I mean, I'm, clearly it would be worth it in the long run to support other businesses rather than fucking Amazon. But like I said, it's just, and there's so many people who use it. And Absolutely. so many people Everyone. just don't give a fuck, you know? They're like, yeah, I don't care. It's just, it's more convenient to use. I don't care if it's an evil corporation or something, but. Did you know that if you go to like amazon.com slash like slash something, it's like slash charity or slash donate or something, then like a portion of every dollar you spend goes to a charity of your choice. And they have like um, pet rescues. Like, so I feel like at least, you know, that's something if you're going to be fucking shopping there anyway and feeling guilty, you can at least try to like, you know, uh, they'll, they'll donate, you know, 5% of your purchase to a charity at least yeah i guess it's better than nothing right it's like at least maybe that'll like ease the burden of guilt because i can't fucking find dye anywhere but amazon now <laughs> right <laughs> yeah um i don't know i mean i don't know if what's his name jeff bezos yeah i don't know if he has anything to do with like sex trafficking or child he didn't abuse really or anything at all in any of this no. like he wasn't ever really connected to them that i'm aware of he just exploits his workers and has way too much money and way too many assets and he doesn't pay any taxes and right. it fucks the rest of us over because he's going to, i think he's going to be the first trillionaire that is a, that is insane um i mean it I read this thing the other day. Sorry, you can like literally cut any of this out. I no, feel like I might this keep all of it. It's have anything to do with the topic at hand, but um, about like how Walmart and Amazon both had the same strategy in that like they literally just wanted to undercut every every mm-hmm. other company. Like they their prices are always going to be lower, and a lot of times Walmart look at Morris goes into like these small towns and they undercut all of the local businesses there. So all the local businesses go out of business. So the only place to work in town now is Walmart. And the only place to shop in town now is Walmart. And then the Walmart fucking closes. And like, uh, now what do we do? Like all of the local stores, liquor stores, you know, grocery stores, corner markets, like all that shit's closed now. So we have to drive 45 minutes to like, I don't think that Walmart will ever fucking close. Um, it's literally the only thing out there but you know it has happened and that is so fucked up that they come in and can undercut everyone like yeah sure they're losing money but as soon as all their competition runs out they jack up the prices mm-hmm. yeah it's fucked it is it's so crazy um but yeah i mean there's just there's only so much you can do like i know out here there's a lot of like smaller local grocery stores like there's deerbergs and schnooks which are kind of like jewel up there i guess mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's, like, uh, Fresh Time, Trader Joe's. Like, there are, like, quite a few more options out here. But, yeah, where you are, there's, like, nothing. There's nowhere else to buy groceries or, I don't know, just, like, fucking hangers or, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, a shower curtain. Like, just anything you could possibly need around your house. Where else are you going to get it other than Amazon Regular ass shit. Right. Unless I want to drive all the way up to fucking Joliet and go to Target or something and pay out the ass for something. Right. Like, all the rich people shop at Jewel in this town. <laughs> and it's like, that's fucking sad. But I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll go to Jewel. Jewel's a little bit closer to my house than mm-hmm. the Walmart. So I'll, I'll go there if I need, like, 
a gallon of milk or like one or two things. Also, there's a Starbucks there. So I'm like, ooh, I step and treat myself to Starbucks. Um, <laughs> yes. But I don't know. It's um, Walmart is just cheaper and I know where everything is in the store because I, I go there all the fucking time. When I and lived they there, have more shit. When I lived there, I don't think I ever went to Walmart. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't what know why. Shop? Jewel. I don't, not that I was like a rich person. I just like, I, I don't know. I never went to Walmart. It was like on the other side of town. It was not that it's like far, but you know, I just always went to the Jewel. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. I, I go there for all kinds of shit. Cause they, they just have like more house products and shit too. Right. Like oh Jewel yeah. Doesn't Jewel has mostly groceries and like the deli and stuff. Yeah. The deli at Jewel is definitely much better than the deli at Walmart. And like, that's a big reason dude, why I went there. Oh my God. Last time I was at the Walmart deli, I was literally there for like thirty fucking minutes, oh just standing God. around waiting. And it's like, oh my God, this is taking too long. And then I got the food, and when I came home, I made a sandwich with like my deli turkey or whatever. And I was like, this tastes like a butthole. Like they gave it was even kind? good. No, it was. They didn't have the kind that I wanted, so I just, like, picked something else. Ugh. I'm like, this is not even what I want. I was like, I'll just get all my shopping done here instead of that having to make sucks. another trip to the fucking Jewel. Yeah, the deli was definitely <sighs> prime there for sure, and that was a, probably a big reason. The Starbucks and the deli yep. <laughs> were my selling points. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I don't know. We're so bougie. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should just start like going to like fucking farmers markets and shit and buying my my shit there. But it's like they, I don't know. I buy so much like processed shit. Right. I was gonna say you can't go to the farmers market and get like chips and fucking meat. I mean, maybe yeah, you can probably get meat, but yeah, I think so. I don't know. Anyway, we've uh, we've talked about this enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, next week we can talk about it some more, but in a broader Yippee. sense. Can't oh wait. Um, All right. This has been a very long and successful episode. I hope you can pare it down to maybe not as long. <laughs> right. I'm thinking I can maybe squeeze it into like under two hours. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Sounds good. Well, I guess we can wrap this one up. Uh, overall, yeah. Shady motherfuckers. Super shady mm-hmm. people. I feel like I don't think Elaine's really going to make it to trial. She's got a whole year to survive in jail. Like, there's no way. Um, either she'll pay her way out, someone will murder her, or she'll kill herself. Or she'll just, like, escape. You know what I Disappear. mean? Disappear. Like, yeah, 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 they'll let her out on bond or something. What did they just, like, flee? What the fuck was Carmen San Diego? <laughs> Where in the world is <laughs> Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. That's kind of like what she's like. She Carmen San Diego her ass around the world for like a year after Jeff Steen killed himself or whatever the hell. And now she's back. So, I mean, we'll see. Fingers crossed. They can, you know, keep an eye on her for the next year. That's too <laughs> but long. I have a feeling I give her till the end of the year. And I think she'll either have paid her, bailed her way out and disappeared or someone will kill her. Yep. So time will tell, though. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, I guess we can sign off on this one. Um, Okay. Conspiracy Sisters Unite. Conspiracy Sisters Unite. All right. Toodles. All right. Bye.